motivated Obadiah Stane, Aldridge Killian, Adrian Toomes, and Quentin Beck. They all wanted to get rich. The MCU is a grounded world, much like our own, with a very similar economy, and just as many people trying to make their fortune. In a fun, speculative episode today, we wanted to try our hand at guessing what differences there are between the real economy and that of the MCU, all in the service of figuring out how we would go about getting rich in that world. To help us out with the specifics of fictional economies is our guest today, my very own brother, Bo. How are you doing? Hi, I'm doing great. Joining us also is uh, long-standing host Chris Compendio. That prequel, uh, prequel meme, uh, this is getting ridiculous, now there are two of them. <laughs> and Izzy Show. Hello. How are you guys today? Just woke up. Um, uh, I'm all right. That's that's it. That's it. <laughs> Still great. Cool. Cool. So, uh, Bo, I was wondering if you could uh, tell tell the people here what it is that you study in your academic field. Um. I study economics at the University of California at Berkeley, and I'll be graduating soon. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, are you a Marvel fan? Huge fan. (laughs) Sounded just really excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge fan. I know all the Marvels. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Every every one of them. Seven Marvels of the world, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Weren't sh- No, it's okay. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, weren't you on the were you on were you on the Thanos was right bandwagon? Like Yes, I was uh, I was one of the first five thousand members of that that Reddit community. Thanos <laughs> nice. did nothing wrong. And I was snapped. Um I'm still in the Soul Stone. Wherever is they go. Wow, those are some credentials right there. Did you say uh, Thanos is a bit of a classical economist? Um, yes. Yes, he is. There we go. That's, that's our first take-home today. Um, so one of the things that I, I want to do in today's episode is sort of in service of understanding how we could get rich in the MCU, the idea is to see what are the differences between uh, the real-world economy and the MCU economy. And I wanted to start with technology. It's just kind of a, uh, a brainstorm of technologies that uh, exist in the MCU and would have like a massive impact on the way that economy would function. First of all, Stark Tech. Um, what kind of inventions has Tony Stark come up with that should be revolutionary? I think almost like every... I don't want to say like almost everything he's done, but like definitely like the things that we have seen the most, like the Iron Man suit, like the arc reactor, he found a new element. I think like, I think that's definitely like, definitely like a lot. Like it's hard to pinpoint, like, I don't, I feel like the default answer of people say like when trying to pinpoint Stark to like a current, I guess like technological figure in our current society is like Elon Musk, but I even think like he's going beyond that. If that makes any sense. Uh, Elon Musk had a great performance in Iron Man 2. Oh yeah. my god. Hey uh Bo, is, how's how is significant Elon is Musk discovering a... an element? 
Um, I think it varies depending on the element, but with this with this one, it appears to be an extremely high-powered power source. Um, I don't know if we have any kind of numbers to quantify that, and he already had an arc reactor, which is, I think, a better energy-generating technology than we have in our current world, so it's kind of hard to say what difference that would make in a world that could already have an arc reactor. I was just making a joke because of uh, Berkeley. Ah, Berkelium. Yep. I get it. They, they discovered an element in <laughs> <Okay>. it's called. <laughs> I don't know why you guys want me in this episode. I'm just going to be like, what? Like the entire time. <laughs> That's exactly why we want you in the episode. Okay. <laughs> we need two people who... Okay. I, t- I mean, I straight up told Thomas, I'm just going to bitch about how much I... I took what... I took... I almost did an economics and statistics major, and then I took two econ classes and hated them. <laughs> Dropped them. Hey, two is quite a few. Yeah. That is no, true. I... I t- Took one econ class in senior year of high school, did not pay attention to somehow like coasted through that. We were all terrible to the teacher and just being shitheads. We we were in all boys school. And freshman year of college, where again I didn't pay attention, just coasted, and the economics professor was Belgian, so all of the examples she gave for like supply and demand were always about beer or waffles. <laughs> Excellent. That's all I can tell you about economics. <laughs> Supply demand. There's the two lines. <laughs> hey, the two lines, like that that's that's some advanced economics training right there. Yeah, that took know. thousands of years of human intelligence building upon itself <laughs> mm-hmm. to get to those two lines. You see, you're telling me that the uh the cavemen didn't have supply demand on, on the walls, they didn't like chalk it up on the <laughs> No. They had to draw it in the dirt yeah. with sticks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh man. What were we talking about? About I guess Stark figure, yeah. <laughs> but like it's also it's also not just Stark as like this huge ass figure, right? There's are there how many other big tech figures are there? Cuz like in I, like in Arsis, yeah. Like Justin Hammer doesn't do anything new, does he? No. I mean, he still might be in jail for all like we know. Are we counting Hydra? Oh, I guess we, yeah, we should probably count Hydra. Hydra publicly traded a corporation? Probably not. Definitely. <laughs> public doesn't seem like their style. I don't know. <laughs> Seems unlikely to me. But they, would it, I mean, so there was a bunch of uh, advanced technology in the, what, the early 40s from Hydra's experiments? Mm-hmm. Mm. They had guns they, that turned people into dust. <laughs> they did. Do I they mean, have that, any, but, did they have any inventions other than their blue dust people guns? They're all basically I, weapons of war. I feel. Uh, yeah, I don't remember I, anything that was useful to society. I mean, yeah, I don't know a, the real history of flamethrowers, but they they had some pretty good flamethrowers. <laughs> I don't know if those were uniquely Hydra. <laughs> yeah, I feel like most. I mean, like I feel like I guess what we, whatever we saw in MCU is post, like during like post forties, post Captain America, post like the first Avenger. Like we just mostly saw like Shield technology and like what they were trying to do, right? I just looked it up. Flamethrowers were invented in nineteen oh one. Ooh. However, if we are trying to 
tie them to modern figures. Um, Elon Musk is the only celebrity I know that sells flamethrowers. So possible <laughs> Hydra and Tony Stark connections <laughs> there. Oh, that's true. His flamethrowers looked pretty good. Clearly has a passion. <laughs> um, do you like, cause none of that early technology would be useful without Tesseract energy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Implied. Yes. Yeah. That's like, there, there's no advancement of scientific understanding that would be of any help. It was just, they had a bigger battery than everybody else. Yeah. I think most of their tech, you're right. Most of their technology revolved around like, Oh, we have a Tesseract. And after that, it just dissolves. Yeah. Yeah. So our first real technological, you know, innovations that are above and beyond the norm, uh, really have to do with, um, vibranium and uh, Stark's arc reactor, right? Um, we do also have uh, Ant-Man's technology um, oh, yeah. that I believe oh. is from the 70s or 80s. 60s, that is true. Yeah. 60s? Yeah. How old is that man? It's a good question. 50s here's, at least. Here's what I want to know. What was their company doing if it didn't have access to like PIM particles? I think so, like a, because they're like a science off. They were, because Pim was employed with Shield, like for science. So I think, like, because it was Pim technology. So I think still making like tech of some kind, but like in their research, mostly focusing on like this shrinking tech. I guess because like they were, I guess yeah. like they dealt with the government a lot. It seemed like so maybe like outsourcing to different. Right. It, it seemed like they were military contractors, but like what, what blows my mind is that Hank ran the company for years, right? Yeah. And he wouldn't let anyone else touch pin particles. Mm -hmm. I just, I, there's no explanation made of what they were offering shareholders or the government or anybody as a company before uh, Darren Cross made his breakthrough. He was offering a brand. That's what he was offering. <laughs> Mm -hmm. The Pim brand, yeah, yeah. It's like freaking Entertainment Seven Twenty and Parks and Recreations. Like, what do you, what do you actually do here? <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's a Prestige Worldwide yeah. from Step Brothers. I think you brought up vibranium, vibra vibranium earlier, Thomas. Which like, I did brings up the question. Like we were, we, we were sort of talking about this before the episode. Like, I think like in this at the MCU at this point. Um, Wakanda is now public, so how much of like that technology is available? Like we know they made themselves public, but how much have they been dealing with like this modern world? Yeah, absolutely. Because so. that could be because there is like they have science outreach centers that are. I I mean I just presumed all of their technology was based on there being vibranium involved. So are they also supplying vibranium for those science outreach centers? I, I guess so. Like, where, where also, what's everyone else's thoughts? I've been talking too much. Personally, from my viewing of Black Panther, I don't know if they're on that level of trust with the rest of the world to be giving them vibranium. I feel like you can educate without, without fully giving that technology over. But like, I can't, I can't imagine that there's any way that that would happen. Uh, for medical reasons, that they wouldn't be turning it over for that. Um. It just seems really likely. Yeah, I think that's I think that's likely. So what 
kinds of scientific advances do you think would come out of those centers and would they be like actionable? I, that's a, you know, I have been trying to figure this out myself. I, I don't know how much we talked about it in our Black Panther two-parter episode we did, but I think, I think they are still kind of like in control of how much information and how much of their resources they share. It's not, I, it, I can't imagine it's like kind of an open source thing, like leaving it out on a box and like, hey, take as much vibranium as you want. Uh, but, you know, we, ha we haven't really seen <laughs> enough from the MCU to really um, to really gauge that. And that's kind of to the writers to kind of figure out, like, hey, what role do you want vibranium to play in, like, whatever story you're telling? So I don't think we're going to know until Black Panther 2, but that's, that's a really interesting thought, you know, because... Mm -hmm what does them being open to the world actually mean? What what implications does that have? And despite having like really big movies like these Avengers movies, we have no clue yet. Well, one of the really big interesting things I think it brings up is what trade is there between Wakanda and other countries? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is definitely uh, an economic concern. Yeah. Like I anything. Was... <laughs> They're good. Like since they've been hiding out for all these years, and then having just them emerge like in the trade market, um, definitely shifts that trading market and like stocks a little bit, like within the like within like the economy of the other world economy of the MCU, and like you're right, Chris. Like they really don't need anything, so their role in this new, their role entering this economy is very, is very mis, I don't know if misbalance is the right word, but like, they really are just there to like, I feel like they'd be, they're more like overseeing or like giving as necessary. Like they don't really need anything in return. Yeah, I, I think that they're in a kind of a unique situation um, because for any other kind of an economy that's joining like a world economy, uh, at least in the last few hundred years, uh, they typically join as a less advanced economy um, that's like perhaps industrializing um, or even before that. Um, and it's kind of probably history's first example of a country that is at the very forefront of technology and industrialization entering into the global like trade scene. Um, so mm -hmm. I think it's kind of hard to say exactly what that would look like because we haven't had anything like that. Yeah. There is a sense though, my sense of Wakanda was that much of the country was devoted to like farmland and like pastures and stuff to kind of throw the rest of the world off the scent. Mm -hmm. which all of that land can now, like Wakanda can develop that without fear. So like, I feel like even though their economy is good, it's, it's going to get better as well. Um, I don't know how they were getting enough food for their population. I guess like, I guess it was all vibranium farmland. farming. Vibranium farming. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's the only thing I could think of is like, they have all the technology, but like maybe they need food. It heals. You can fly. Why wouldn't it cultivate food? It feels like that's different. It feels like a different thing. Yeah, it's sort of like, I guess it is like, I think, yeah, it's like, it is like sort of like this, 
perfect like balance that's like set up because like they've been masquerading as like this poor farmland like African nation for years and so like you'd think like okay like they're really good at farming <laughs> and then it's like no we're actually this very technologically advanced society so you'd think they have like that sort of farming knowledge like this sort of farming farming knowledge and sort of like I guess like stock have- to like to support themselves if they yeah. have been living on their own for years it just it raises questions about because the the fundamental question is like what does Wakanda want um, and then like what are they willing to like give in return because they don't want that vibranium to sort of leave the the borders um, so it's like what can vibranium manufacture at an advantage compared to other countries um, yeah and then sort of what would maybe they've been able to create for themselves but it's been kind of inconvenient. Um, and I don't think food is it because I think they can make better use of all that farmland now and use like hovering tractors or whatever their futuristic farming technology is. Um, but there's gotta be something that they're like, man, it would be nice if you could just order this on Amazon instead of like, (laughs) well, vast resource farm. One thing that you might see, um, is after being a pretty closed off country, uh, people trying to immigrate to there, um, because much like a lot of advanced countries we have now, uh, having this technology and the vibranium as a power source, as an mm-hmm. everything source, um, like their people are way more productive than people elsewhere in the world. And so people would try to move there, just like people like try to move to the US to get a better job here. Like I imagine you'd see the same so- sort of thing. We'd have a huge mass of people around the world trying to move to Wakanda to be able to do work there because mm-hmm. it's just so much more productive. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Wait, guys, I got it. What? Okay, Wakanda will trade war rhinos for crops. Oh my god! <laughs> it's it's think about it. It's not vibranium, but it's what their people do best. <laughs> I like, but that's still like. I guess they yes. could be like military. <laughs> that's just it. I I had a. I, they are so like sort of. There are so sort of like quote unquote weapons. I'm also flashing back to like when I saw this in the theater. When I saw Black Panther with Thomas, and Thomas like lost his mind at war rhinos. I like the rhinos. Okay, they are good rhinos. These are good memories. Then we Thomas. are all in agreement. I'm saying that it's like, like I'm saying it could be likely but also war rhinos fall within like that realm of like weapons that like maybe they like they would definitely be willing to trade war miners more than like vibrania but still like i don't imagine like what kind the wakandan society trading out weapons to other societies um, i see some hesitation by you guys to uh stand up to thomas on this one um <laughs> really what what good are war rhinos they have like six and they're like objectively not as helpful as a gun from 1900 manual labor they have armor is that not is that not worth something are we are the war rhinos just a vessel by which they can buy metal out of wakanda is that their sole purpose i just mean okay listen clearly animal husbandry is something that they have been working on and could ramp up if there was an international demand, I don't know. There were there were many 
millionaires out there who would love to own a very large rhino. Yeah, for their horns. And then in exchange, they could, I actually, I actually don't know. Do they have a currency? Rhinos? Oh, Wakandans? Wakanda. <laughs> Do rhinos have a currency? Are rhinos, rhinos have feelings? A Are rhinos a currency? No, like, no, but like, I mean, I just, no, I just realized something, like a good point. Like, if, like, most... Like most rhinos are in, most rhinos are endangered because rich people want their horns and their ivory. So like yeah, this is already more advanced than I was thinking. But yes, yeah, that, no, I'm just saying they're gonna get killed. So why would Wakanda trade them to replenish the natural populations? I'm gonna be stuck on this for way too long. Yeah, like we've talked about long let's, enough. Let's I'm stop speculating it. about Black Panther 2 and All move of on. this will be cut. <laughs> no, no, it won't. Let's stop speculating about All Black Panther 2 and think, I guess just to recap, like, are there any other, I was looking at all the other technologies we were thinking about, like, Barf is sort of still part of Stark technology in a sense, even though it was Beck's idea. Um, yeah, the thing I was thinking with Barf was, um, like, there would definitely be a demand for uh, like genuine 3D movie theaters, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think it like it's a, it's a software that needs like fine tuning, but but also it reaches it like connects to a person's memories and projects it out, right? Yeah. So for the first time ever, you can like you can prove that something happened. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like the criminal justice applications are enormous. Yeah. Like, is def I mean, like, we've seen, I think Far From Home is a great, if the barf were real, you could just show someone Far From Home and prove, like, why this would be a helpful source, like, to some degree. Like, it is, like, sort of, I mean, it's, it's sort of, I say it's sort of Stark technology because, like, it was made while Beck was an employee at Stark, but, like, it also is very much, like, on its own. And, like, I don't know. I, it's kind of a shame, like, this technology, like, because you're right, Tom, there's so many uses, but then Beck really abused it, like, for his gains. Right. So here's what I'm thinking is you set up a company that, like, lawyers can reach out to to hire the services of to come and, like, project a client's memories in the courtroom to like prove that they did something. And then you, you collect a fee. Like that would be a profitable enterprise, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you could also like, I guess, could you doctor memories? Like force yourself to think one thing. Like, I guess so, but it'd be like forensic today. Like forensic labs are um, contracted, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That sounds like a great business idea to me. It does. Yeah. Easy way to get rich in the MCU. Yeah. yeah. Hey, that's in the five easy steps. <laughs> Step one, barf. Step two, show to everyone you're a superhero. Step three, profit. Mm. Trying to make a joke based on that card against humanity card, and I think I failed. Nice. Um, um, what, I guess. Are there any other technologies I'm missing? Um, I think that 
a relatively important one is that uh, Tony Stark, his virtual assistant Jarvis, is essentially just an AI that could replace 90% of people's jobs in the white-collar industry. Yeah. Um, I th- yes, I that. think that we have to assume that it's too expensive or impractical to implement um, because we don't really see a world where AI does everything for these people, but it does seem to be technologically possible. At, at a bare minimum, Pepper Potts from the first movie is a little redundant, right? Because <laughs> Jarvis existed and he has a personal assistant. That's true. That's true. I think mm-hmm. Pepper was capable of more physical things. Yeah. I mean, he has robots, autonomous robots that are human shaped. All right. I think like, yeah, like, I think more of like the personnel issues, I guess. Oh, yeah. Like when Hogan, uh, Happy wanted to um, replace all of the people, like the janitorial staff with robots. Yeah. Which was, which was like played for laughs, but was legitimately like a reasonable (laughs) thing that could be done in this universe. Yeah. I think like, yeah. It's, I think you bring up an interesting point, Bo, but like how there's a bunch of technologies like within, like not just within Stark, but I guess also applied like outwards, like a lot of them are there, like the AI, like these robots that can like, these janitorial robots, but like, it seems like the society within the MCU is not willing to act on it yet. Like if you walk into like a random like household in the MCU, it would probably not have an AI. So, and also with like... A lot of this seems to be because the technology is not publicly available. Yeah. Like, Tony Stark has not commercialized his AI because maybe he thinks it's too dangerous? Yeah. Perhaps he foresees that everyone will be jobless and starve in a capitalist society that lacks universal basic income. Perhaps. Yeah, wait, is, is Tony Stark, like, a big free market guy? Or... Because, like, he only fights, like, crime. He doesn't, like, help people. I'm, I'm trying to remember, like, going back to Iron Man, too, he was very much like, fuck the government. But that's obviously changed and been modified slightly since then. I think Stark still acts very much like Stark's technology and himself like still are their own like sphere. But now that Stark, now since that Stark has passed away, where does all that technology go? I think is the big question. Yeah. Like a uh, sustainable power from the arc reactor. Like wh- who, who gets one? Yeah. They're not hard to build. He did it in a cave. With a box of scraps. It's a, it's an exciting next chapter for the MCU, or we'll see if Stark mm-hmm. Tech is out. Because I yeah. think he has the ego to want to keep it all for himself so that his quality of life is just higher than anyone else in the world. But in his death, we might see some of it get out and become public. Well, the other thing that I was thinking was that like, now in a post-Endgame MCU, when Tony Stark is gone, like he was the one who funded like the Avengers. 
it like it was just very fortunate like the first superhero of the mcu had millions of dollars to throw around because he could like bankroll everyone and like pay the rent on avengers headquarters even when the avengers weren't a thing Mm -hmm. but like now they all are just going and doing what they can and i was thinking how they could really use another sponsor and how much of a marketing opportunity it would be for every company out there to like bankroll a superhero and have them after every major save like turn to the cameras and be like and i couldn't do it without coca-cola they have a man at every emergency scene to just throw him a cold can of coke at <laughs> Yeah, I think like I don't know because I guess you're right. Like, cause I, I mean, I'm thinking back to like when Natasha was running the Avengers, like during the the during the five year time jump, and like by then, like there's not a big government. Like she's mostly running this like by herself, and like she's managed to have the headquarters and like the team evolve with technology almost so like maybe she's acting out of like this huge like bank load that like stark had left for the team or like just still had for the team but sure still he's still alive right he's still, uh, yeah. he's still doing it um, yeah that's true yeah but still yeah. operating. i don't think we should get into like a world where the Guardians of the Galaxy are in regular contact with Earth, because I think that's a little too much. But um, yeah, it did seem like they like updated all of their um, infrastructure and stuff like that, and we're still running on the cutting edge. Um, so I don't know, maybe some holographic interplanetary communications technology is available. Do we um do we know anything about Wakanda's role? Uh, in the five years of the snap, because their integration was kind of supposed to be led by T'Challa, who then died. Like, this do we know true. if they ever actually bothered connecting with the rest of the world, or if that initiative just died with him? I think Okoye totally stepped in. I think Okoye stepped in because, like, she was talking to Natasha. There's but they definitely be people in Wakanda who were like, "We opened our borders, and a year later, half of us died." Like and this, yeah. there was this whole huge battle with like an alien invasion. Like, this was a horrible idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I, like I said, definitely. Like it's very interesting how much we've essentially opened up like discussion on Black Panther too. <laughs> but like this, this is true. The econ think, movie they need. Yeah, I think like I yeah I think because I think Akoi was still talking with Natasha, so I think like they still like it's. I guess how I saw it was that like there was the Avengers, right, which Natasha led, and then there was the, the Intergalactic Guardians Division, and then and then she'd also talk with Captain Marvel and also like Okoye, who would monitor, like who worked with Natasha, like with Wakanda. Like was she the one who brought the tremors in the ocean? Yeah, all we know about uh, Wakanda post snap is that they don't want to respond to earthquake calls. That's that's what we got. Um uh... So we are getting on in time and I would like to shift the conversation to these sort of more like macroeconomic conditions. 
Yeah, um, I saw you, sorry to cut you off, but I saw you trying, I guess, sort of transitioning with that sponsorship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, also, I, I just want to talk about things like interest rates, uh, property values, like the stock market, that kind of thing, um, because these are all sort of macroeconomic indicators uh, that could be affected by the events of the MCU. Specifically, I'm thinking that like interest rates, Bo, correct me if I'm wrong, they're based on a certain level of societal uncertainty, right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely the stocks there are. Um, but interest rates, they're determined mostly by a central bank at this point, at least in the US, the Federal Reserve is going to have a lot to do with that. Um, but yeah, there is certainly some role of uncertainty in those, uh, but not like the amount we'd see in the stock market or housing market. So if a city was getting wrecked about every couple of years, um, you would expect to see people like buying insurance more often, increased demand for insurance, probably higher price of insurance, right? Um, but there's also rebuild costs. So people probably need to make more loans, um, need to hire more contractors more frequently, all of this kind of stuff. What do you think that would that impact that would have? Um, well, first off, I want to talk about how widespread is this city destruction? Um, we certainly have a ton of damage happening in uh, Avengers 1. Um, a lot of New York is getting destroyed there. But how how frequently, looking at the, the world as having like 7 billion people, how many of those are actually being impacted by these superheroes? And for how many of them is the effect more just knowing that there are superheroes? I guess Age of Ultron, Rex. Sokovia. Um, Sokovia, obviously, but then also that one city with the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, were there any others? I mean, for oh, for Avengers three, um, sorry, Infinity War, like there is that portion of New York before, like the that, that wasn't that big though, right? Yeah, it's like it is a small like subset, but like it seems like. This impact is mostly within like the cities like of main destruction. So like in for example, the Battle of New York, like most of that damage is for people in New York, but there's a lot of people in New York. So Thor the Dark World hit London pretty hard. It did hit London pretty hard. Like there's like uh, that's right. I had I know forgotten for, about that movie by choice. Most of yeah. us have. Um, another movie people forget by choice, um, The Incredible Hulk. Um I know Oh yeah, like, Harlem, right? Yeah, the Harlem incident, like they talked about it in um the consultant. Um, I think San Francisco for Ant-Man and the Wasp is definitely something. Yeah, but how much of that actually got wrecked? Like, not a lot, but, like, there was still sort of, like, this public draw to it, right? Because people were recording, like, Ant-Man and, like, they were, I know they were recording, like, Ant-Man, like, just footage of him, like, oh, God, like, Ant-Man's around, like, what? Holy, like, holy shit, like, that, like, put him almost, like, with trouble with, like, the government, um... Looking back, yeah, that was like a, like a meh movie. But like, anyway. Um, I guess that's like five cities over the course of 16 years or whatever. Yeah, and right? they're not like the whole city's gone. It's Except for the battle for New York, I think most of it's kind of localized damage. Um, I don't actually know if we'd see any widespread effects from that. Except not. if you live in New York. That Yeah, New York is... Over and over yeah. again. Nobody I wants think, to live there. 
But I think that's it's true today. So yeah, I think. Hey, I love New York. Anyway, <laughs> I think like it's based on like. I guess, I don't. I guess this might be like the right time to bring it up. But oh, no. um, yeah. So oh, no. like, there's. I guess like if. Because like there's gonna be like collateral damage like from there will be like collateral damage like from all like you know like the Battle of New York like you know people like bystanders like die like through mishaps but like like so for like for example like I know for example like in the boys like this uh, the show eventually starts after the main character's girlfriend is accidentally killed like during a fight between superhero between superheroes but just more of those like kinds of incidents like if more than like pop up and they're becoming people are more vocal about it, I think that's when you would see it there would be a problem. Like if they got like if these if a hero's got reckless, then like that's when it would become a problem. But it isn't a problem yet, I guess. So or like one that's not being spoken up about it yet. So yeah. As a I guess maybe side note, do we think that Tony Stark pays for damages caused? Um that's we- actually well, interesting because we see it in homecoming yeah okay no no here's the thing because homecoming isn't tony stark paying for the damages it's tony stark creating a new company to deal with the fallout of their fights mm-hmm. like is is that a for-profit company run by the number one person who causes this kind of damage Ooh. I mean, it must be if they're um, taking the other, like, smaller um, private companies out of the mix for that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's very tricky. A company bankrolled by Tony Stark to clean up after Tony Stark. Yeah. The only ones contractually allowed to do that. Uh-huh. I, I think that's what we're looking at. Um, and yeah. it could potentially be a pretty pretty huge company depending on how much how much of New York they end up cleaning up. Yeah, like and it also make puts like a morally gray overcast over these battles too, if you think about it. Cause like Tony Stark, even if Tony Stark is paying for his company to do all of this. That's still, like, he would probably gain a little bit if, like, his company seemed financially stable and active. Like, that would be attractive to investors and stuff like that. Certainly, if he has, like, a monopoly on superhero-related cleanups, that, that'd be a consistent source of income. That feels yeah, like, like a bit of a, of a what? conflict of interest that shouldn't probably be allowed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to ask the question while we're here: Is Tony Stark the richest man on Earth in this universe? That's a great question. I think like someone on Wakanda could beat him out. Mm, Again, I, I don't understand their currency system, so I don't yeah know if that would be the case. Yeah. I think from what we know, um. Iron Man and Black Panther could potentially be the two wealthiest individuals on on the planet, um, mm-hmm. which does kind of bring up some interesting dynamics in the MCU that they don't talk about that much. But that's like a significant amount of power over the everyday people in this world. 
Yes. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, I can't think of anyone, any other characters that are mentioned that would come even close. Yeah, I think your only competition would be like real life super rich people in the MCU. Like if Bill Gates or Warren Buffett existed in the MCU, maybe they have a shot, but even then, like. Even I mean, when close. you think about, when you think about like Justin Hammer is like clearly shown to be a second-rate Tony Stark, but, like, maybe he doesn't spend his money as frivolously. <laughs> like, he makes half as much, but spends, like, very little. I think also we've we've talked about a bunch of Stark technology and how it isn't available to the market. Um, so I think potentially we could have real-life people with more money than Iron Man, um, but he definitely has, like, intellectual property the value of which i think would exceed anyone else in this in this world yeah by absolutely a, by a significant like his his net worth counting intellectual property would be probably the highest except for maybe having a trillion tons of vibranium right that would be key yeah yeah i there's some uh there are some channels that point out, or sorry, some like YouTube channels about economics that point out that um, countries where their wealth is derived from sort of like a um, resource that the country is very rich in are usually like the worst because uh, the people are not the commodity, it's the, the resource in the land. So a lot of the like oil rich countries end up being not so great because there's no reason to like invest in education or anything. But, uh, this appears to be an exception, but I feel like a real Wakanda would would be pretty awful humanitarianly. Interesting. Increased suburbanization. Okay, so I had the thought: if even if there are not that many people who feel who like actually have their houses destroyed, there are probably lots of people who are afraid of having their houses destroyed. Right. Oh yeah. I think yeah. the fear is going to be far greater than the actual occurrence. Does that fear drive different behaviors? Do people like move out of cities at a higher rate than you would normally see? I think after probably, but like I think, for example, like for New York, I think a lot of people will move out after, move out after New York. But like New York will always still be New York; it will still be crowded and full of people, and I still retain that. So maybe not like in like droves i.e. like have to see leaves but maybe like you see like a 10 maybe like a like a 10 percent maybe like less than that like attempt to leave the city which is still like a pretty big number I yeah, think, I'm, yeah i'm just thinking that um uh, even if there is like a 10 percent reduction in the number of people who want to move to new york that has an impact on housing prices in new york right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're definitely going to see housing prices in New York drop and then do God knows what in the snap and unsnapping. But oh, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. But I, so here's, here's my thought process, my pitch for another business. You buy up property in cities that have just been attacked by superheroes, but not in the areas that were actually damaged. Um, buy it up for cheap. And then as, confidence increases as like the time goes on and the city's repaired and everything goes fine those housing prices increase again and you make a killing 
Yeah, I think there's I think there's some merit to that. Definitely people are going to be scared and a lot of these movies they do not seem to have clear communication with the public, so they, they don't, don't really know when is a threat resolved. Like they don't get warning ahead of time that Ultron's out there. Like they have no way to predict that something might happen. So, I think the uncertainty is going to definitely stick around in a lot of these people. Yeah. And if they and were that week to get an offer from some company saying, hey, we'd like to pay you to move out and go somewhere else. I think they could get a lot of takers. Yeah. And like, it's interesting you say like, it's interesting that you mentioned that uncertainty because that's not just, I think that's not just like an MCU feature. I think that's throughout most superhero movies and media, like often like, I think, I think a Kingsman is like an example, like Harry Hart has like all those newspaper headlines on like his wall in his office of like, yeah, like all the Kingsmen, like they do their work without really being seen or noticed. And like the headlines the next day from like the British paper are just like some fluff, usually there's some like some fluff piece. Like for most superhero like action, like movies like this, like you never know when like your areas would be blown up. Like it can never really happen to you. And like theoretically, like, this uncertainty shouldn't be as predictable but in the mcu like you know like new york is a hot is like a hub like big cities like it's both like a certain uncertainty and an uncertain uncertainty if that makes any sense it's more consistent because the people who are responsible are still like around yeah like they're more public yeah like the avengers are still like out doing stuff it's not like they were like all right we got the aliens there's nothing else don't worry yeah, to about it. Add on to that. Um, this is a world where there are aliens. Um, that alone is probably going to be a massive source of uncertainty just across yeah. the globe. Um, people are going to be living in fear. I got to imagine that like gun sales go up after like a Shatari invasion, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They've got a skyrocket. Like someone, someone in the MCU is out there marketing like. Uh, an alien blaster, you know, AK-39 or something like that. For Honestly, if that's probably come for you in your neighborhood. That could be our scheme of the episode, is just invest in guns. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> this took a turn. Not necessarily the message I would have chosen to promote, but <laughs> I think in this world that might be the most accessible thing for most most people. In 2008, start buying gun stocks and don't stop. <laughs> Oof. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, uh, not what I wanted to do today. But here we are. Hey. Um, uh, guess yeah. me in a politically, uh, coming near a politically relevant time when Joker will hit the ears in a, a little under a month, a little oh over a month. God, don't get me started. Um, yeah, that's, God, that's gonna be, that's gonna have, like, Captain Marvel level discussions and, like, flame and all that jazz. I, it's, the thing that gets me is we've almost, like, the internet has sort of agreed that we don't need to go see the movie before we start, like, arguing about it. Yeah. So, last thoughts on... The stock market in the MCU. Not specifically on the stock market, but on the world's uncertainty as a whole. Sure. Um, I think the U.S. has a kind of unique position housing the Avengers um, and being 
the origin of most of them conveniently true um and i think that in a world with that kind of uncertainty the u.s is probably like a safer market um or at least people would view it as a safer market you know like there's no russia man who's going to protect russia if something <laughs> happens um but the u.s does have captain america um and that might drive up demand for the u.s dollar and make it appreciate um interesting which i mean like the effects of the dollar appreciating we see already and like we know those um it's nice if you're in the U.S. and you'd like to buy something from abroad, um, but bad if you don't want your job to get outsourced. Um, so I think that we could see a world where the U.S. dollar is extremely high compared to other currencies, and the U.S. just takes on more trade deficits like it already does for having a stable currency like it already does. So essentially just more of the same economic situation. And couple that with the like enhanced technology of that world meaning that automation is probably a little easier for a lot mm -hmm. of jobs um you're saying we could have gotten a trump much earlier um yeah i actually do think that the kind of a movement uh that would bring trump into office would be stronger in the mcu especially having a politician that maybe just wants to build personal relationships with superheroes as a way into office because they're these massive political and social figures mm -hmm. um i think that we could see a reality tv star enter enter the presidency for them i think you could also see a superhero running for president in that same line like oh, if God. tony stark runs for president well I, I, not even that like if falcon i'm trying to think of a good example falcon wants to run for president <laughs> that's a bad like, the winter soldier wanted to run like those are bad examples, but like, <laughs> sort of in that line, like, that would be very interesting. Um, That'd be a are, thing. Yeah, we are, we are definitely verging onto the boys' territory. <laughs> um, right, econ episode, not politics. Econ episode. Come back not. next week for politics in the MCU. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Chris? You want to do politics next week? Uh, I do. I, we do politics every week. So yeah. Um, oh yeah. About, Chris, like, we were talking like, about a... electoral politics. <laughs> Ooh. Oh yeah, Chris. We were talking about um uh off-topic episode on the boys next week, or like just even this weekend. Like depending on how much, if it can shove the boys in. Yeah. <laughs> shove the boys in. Yes. Always got some time to shove the boys in. Yeah. Those are words that you chose to use. <laughs> Ooh, is this the dynamic that you want to introduce that phrase? In? This is this is it. This is the one. Yes. Keep keep going. Keep going. <laughs> Do we have other thoughts on broader I, economic conditions? I actually do. Okay. Um, and it has to do with the uh, the pim particle technology that. I think we can assume is privatized and has some unknown cost. Um, but despite what they've said about weight being constant, it is very clearly not constant. Um, and I think in terms of shipping, being able to reduce your cargo to a fraction of its size and make it essentially weightless is going to have a huge impact on the way shipping could be done in this world. Yeah, I in think... shipping company, you don't even necessarily have to, like, sell the particles like you could just run the company exactly yeah. what if your new car 
came in the mail. Ooh. I was thinking like those shipping containers, like the big metal ones. Like you could That would make definitely them, be more helpful, but like you load them up and then you close the door, like hit a button and it turns into the size of a Lego. Ooh. Exactly. You could transport thousands of times more easily mm-hmm. with that kind of technology. And with yeah. way fewer emissions because like you're not you don't need like a massive uh, ship to carry all the shipping containers. Like you could do it in like a motorboat. Mm-hmm. Although, like, I think it would be like, because I think I don't know if we touched on about this already. Or can remember, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, Pim never made his shrinking tech public. I think the first time it was public was when Ant Man came back into this century. I guess so. I guess would that be what Pim is doing? Would that is would that be what Pim is doing now? Like now that it is more public, does I almost yeah, my, Michael Douglas? My process, does he want to commercialize this technology? My thought process is like if he's not okay with other people getting their hands, on, could he personally run the company or something? Would that make him feel okay about it? He probably is, or hope, considering that Darren Cross is gone. Yeah, just a uh, just a thought, you know. Maybe I think that, that would be cool for the world. Yeah, an, an end-to-end kind of thing where he could pick up a bunch of goods in Europe and transport them to America in a shoebox and then expand them to be millions of dollars of inventory. Like That would probably work for him and everyone yeah. else. Yeah, Bo, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's essentially like him controlling every element of like that production assembly line process and shipping and making goods, correct? Um, I don't know if that'd be production, but definitely all of the logistical transportation of goods like should be taken over by him if he wanted that money. Yeah, because he's yeah he's got a huge competitive advantage. Like it's not even like yes he would make so much money, but like also just like the world would be better off. Oh yeah, absolutely. Instead of putting it on a ship that would take months, like you put it on an airplane and take you- ten times more. Yeah. Send everything through the mail. (laughs) So I guess if he wanted it, um, Pym could put himself up there with Iron Man and Black Panther among our our rich pantheon of people. Wow. I really thought pantheon was a pun. No, just elevating them to godlike status. Just, uh, you could could say it's it's a Pym theon. All right, Thomas, wrap it up. Die. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I wanted today. So, everybody, let's go in a circle uh, right before this episode ends. Let's say, what's your favorite um, new business idea to come out of today's discussion? Uh, if it, if you have one in mind that hasn't been brought up yet, you're free to do that as well. Uh, let's start with Chris. Uh, I am down for that kid from Luke Cage who is uh, selling bootleg versions of, like, the video footage of the Chitauri attack. Uh, I want to see more of what that kid's doing. I want to see all the bootleg footage. I just want to see, like, crappy handheld versions of the actual MCU movies. (laughs) Um, True entrepreneur. Oh man, Tony Stark just wears a GoPro and streams. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, great. 
Um, Izzy, you. Um, my favorite business idea that was come out of yeah. Um, the plot idea for Black Panther two, but in serious in seriousness, um, but also in seriousness, like incorporating the idea of like superhero sponsorship or like the superhero as like a more figure within the society and seeing how the MC that more in detail and like also especially with like Peter Parker being revealed as Spider-Man like that would that's a very interesting dimension to play on and potentially discuss in the future wasn't he the only one that had a secret identity anyway I think like he just joined everyone else I think yeah pretty much but like I think that increased like the fact that he had a secret identity and made it I think could amplify the fact like oh yeah like these superheroes are public people and we see them publicly but we don't really I guess know like what I guess we haven't seen the MCU how like they are being covered like as public figures yet if that makes any sense do we need a a new MCU movie with no action just to cover logistics is that what the the fans need right now the true like like the Ides of March of the MCU. <laughs> or like I that's the first political movie that came to mind. Like I guess like just political like campaign intrigue movie that came to mind. Um, Thomas, is it your turn? Yeah, I'll go. Um I really like the property investment idea. I think it's the it's the right kind of opportunistic um buy and flip kind of idea that I was looking for in terms of a low effort, get rich quick scheme. I think it hits all the hits, all the right marks. So that's gotta be my pick personally. Um, it probably isn't going to make you as much money as some of these ideas, but it doesn't rely on um, someone like giving up technology that they've been hoarding for years or, you know, any unreliable personalities or stuff like that. So I think it's got a pretty good, he's got a pretty good shot. Uh, and let's end off with Bo. Um, all right, for my uh, high, lowest effort, highest return, um, I'd say wander into a forest at an ideal time and time travel back a few generations to invest in some stocks back in like 1900. Um, it's probably your probably your biggest return. And as far as we know, they don't really have security on this sorts of technology. Like Iron Man's dead, they're still using it. It's out there. Oh yeah, because they yeah, because Captain America's time travel thing was out of just like near the cabin where Iron Man lived, right? Yeah, yeah. The MCU is just they're just gonna make a their own version of Primer because that's just literally the plot of that movie. Great movie, by the way. <laughs> All right, well that's a that's a bold and risky play, but uh, I I appreciate the the end game tie in. Uh, we are well over an hour and a half here. Is that is that what I'm getting? Well, well over an, an hour. hour. <laughs> well over an hour, an hour almost. Yeah, exactly. that's good, uh, ooh. Good. I'm I, very concerned about your math skills. I am like your spelling I was counting skills from when I was on Discord instead of when I was on uh, the call. So that that's the difference there. Um, so we will go ahead and wrap this episode. Uh, Bo, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to plug things that they want people to go look at or listen to or whatever else. Um, 
or their social media if you want extra followers. Is there anything you'd like to plug today? Um, no, I would like to not plug anything. And so please <laughs> do not follow me um, or try to reach out to me on any social media. Ah, uh, uh, you're but true. Thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Truly uh, Thomas's brother. I can't wait I didn't to hear tell him. Delete, delete this audio after uh, two, two I days. I swear I didn't release. tell him that I do that. From the disc. Really I mean, I, I am a I am an avid listener to this podcast. Are you? Yeah, fan of the show. Um, won a contest to be on the uh, next yeah, episode. Yeah. Won a genetic lottery. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unrelated to the show, just you know, just bragging. <laughs> yeah, you guys, uh, you guys can't hear me. I look great, but you can't see me. <laughs> just trust me, random <laughs> listeners out there. Right. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Izzy, where can people find you on social um. media? <laughs> Find me at Delirlin on Twitter. And Chris. At Compenderizer. And I am at Thomas underscore AP Marvel on Twitter and nowhere else. Uh, thank you all for listening. If you like episodes like this, where we uh, pretty much talk about nothing and get nothing done, uh, feel free to let us know and we will do more of those. <laughs> Um, skating self-critique there hate it um this is the screen snark podcast nope uh but great podcast um thank you to charles villanueva for our graphics steve maltor for our music uh thank you again to Bo for joining us this episode and we will be back next week uh, bye 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 craig see some MCU pyramid schemes. That's what I want to see in the next movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like Great. they really missed out. Multi-level <laughs> marketing. <laughs>